5: Reality TV is the greatest form of entertainment on television today.
6: Listen to Rappaport's Reality with me, Kibi Rapaport. And me,
5: Michael Rappaport on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcast. KFI AM640, you're listening to the John and Ken show on demand on the iHeartRadio
7: app. more stimulating talk a uh, little, uh, little uh, cheap preview here is that I uh, be back on Sunday so I will not have Deborah though which is really unfortunate to Debra the, the talent really drops off <laughs> on the
8: weekend. yeah I've been there done that for many yeah. years the weekend yeah, yeah. Oh,
7: I love it I really do you do it's, uh, you know I do I love working on the weekend um, it, one it gives me an excuse not to do whatever the stupid thing is, my wife wants me to do. Ah. Um, So I just go, oh, I can't. Oh, I can't. I can't go to yard sales with you today, honey. I have to work. Oh, I, I, I can't do that honey-do list today. I have to work. You know, I love that. Oh, that's fair. But uh, uh, the, the crew that we have there on Sundays, they're wonderful. They're just, they're so much fun to work with. Oh, I just, that's great. I, I look forward to it all week long. So uh, I enjoy that. I'll be in uh, Sunday. Uh, Four o'clock, I think. Uh, So we'll see you then. Uh, Corbin Carson joins me right now because, uh, Corbin, who doesn't love a mouse that keeps growing, huh? And that seems to be the case for Disney. We're going to see some more more expansion there in Anaheim, huh?
4: Yeah, now this is a very long plan. Uh, Variations of these plans have been uh, to expand Disneyland have been kicked around for years. To do this, Disneyland would need to update an Anaheim City Council plan from the 1990s to allow for a mix of theme park, hotel, retail, dining, and entertainment on the eastern and western edges of the current Disneyland Resort. Now, uh, the Disneyland Forward Project was announced formally in 2021, along with some cool renderings and some theme park attraction possibilities, including like a Frozen Land, a Toy Story Land, a Peter Pan Neverland. And the park is also hinted to a Tangled Rapunzel Tower, a Zootopia Exhibit, a Zootopia exhibit and maybe even a Tron roller coaster so all of that's going to take decades but first up is this uh, kind of restructuring of the Anaheim City plan from the 90s that I mentioned and I spoke with Anaheim City spokesman Mike Lister he says that the project would stay within the 500 acres that the park already owns.
0: We could potentially see theme park attractions mixed with dining entertainment and hotels just on the west side of disneyland and disney california adventure we could see something similar to the southeast of the two theme parks today on what is known as the toy story parking area many people may be familiar with that as a surface parking area that many use to uh, visit the parks today
4: so the biggest the biggest change is really this mix of all these uh, uh these different amenities normally you would have the hotel and the hotel area the parking and the parking area the dining the entertainment the attractions etc but the idea yeah. from the long-term plan is to mix all that
7: okay so we can park in the hotel all right and we can we can <laughs> dine we can dine in the the tron roller coaster
4: that's right but but not necessarily like that but more oh, like, more of a uh, where you would see these attractions together instead of having to traverse long distances to get from one to the other it would be more of a uh, a mix of the group
7: yeah I suppose so that way uh, that way they could get all your money <laughs> one day in one area and then all your right. money the next day in the next area and you wouldn't have to walk so far. That's one thing we hate doing Correct. as Americans. I mean, that's fair, right? I mean, uh, all this walking and uh, all this use of my legs, I really don't like that. So if you could just condense everything so I can just roll from place to place, that would make it a lot easier for people like me.
4: Or a better use of these things, because keeping in mind, the idea would be to add all these cool lands and new attractions that I mentioned, the Toy Story Land, Frozen Land, et cetera, and, yeah. and having room to put all that in there. And also the idea would be to, to, to bring together parking. So there, there, there would be this, um, connecting and building of a brand new parking structure that would be essentially what some reports indicate the largest parking structure in the world, which isn't a new issue for, for Disneyland that it has held that title before, but now it would be consolidating all that parking and, and building new bridges and new ways into and out of these, uh, to, of these attractions. Now, the newest thing that happened today, the thing that, that was the most recent uh, uh, news is this release of a seventeen. 17- thousand page impact study from the city of anaheim that is 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 tackling all the different things that that could be potentially again impacted by this by these changes if they were to come to fruition and again here's mike lister discussing how some of that uh what some of the seventeen thousand pages is for
0: then we could also see construction
4: Ah, that's not it hold on a second i have that (laughs) ready here we go the
0: environmental analysis is a comprehensive and technical document spanning thousands of pages that looks at potential impacts you could see if we see developments that has already been approved and planned for, if we see that move from one area to another within property Disney already owns. The document looks at all kinds of areas, including transportation, noise, aesthetics, the general look of something, air quality, Public services and several other areas,
4: and then so yeah, the, the idea being you can't put a roller coaster you know, right next to somebody's house. <laughs> so yeah, a, yeah, yeah. stuff like
7: that. yeah. All right. So what next step then? I mean, we're they're hoping to get this what taken care of next year? I mean, this is already a couple of years into this project.
4: Right, no, and, and keep yeah. in mind. So there's two. Uh, so, there are several things going on. It, it's going to take the city about eight months to to go through these different uh, uh, different processes. So they're they're going to have a public workshop outlining some of the highlights of the Disney uh, Ford plan. That's going to be October 9th, and then the the city council is going to have to take it up and you know uh, pick apart what parts uh, count because you're going to have construction over decades. You're going to have uh, things moving around, and and they're, and they're going to have uh, obviously the construction is going to cause problems with air quality and all of those things are in this 17 again thousand page environmental Mm -hmm. impact report and and, and that's what's going to take it and and one more thing is just to remember that once all of that is completed then is when uh disneyland is going to start rolling out some of these things that will take years new attractions or moving parking around from one place to another because of course they're going to want to keep their doors open through all these changes and continue people coming in yeah Wow, well,
7: massive undertaking. No wonder it's taken 30 years to update that, and it's going to take years for them to even get the the plans approved. So uh, I guess it makes sense. Yeah, and it comes, on, it comes on
4: the heel oh. of their 100 year
7: anniversary. So good stuff. Oh yeah, so it's it's fitting. Yeah, right. Bringing the bulldozers. Uh, Corbin Carson, uh, KFI News. Uh, Corbin, hey, great reporting. Nice job. Appreciate that. Well Thanks, done, Chris. All right. All right. How about we talk about uh, how stupid gas prices are. One thing we love to complain about, gas prices. And we will, next. Chris Merrill, KFI AM 640. We're live everywhere on your iHeartRadio app. You're listening to John and Ken On Demand from KFI AM 640. Talking about inflation today, uh, and we'll be talking about this for weeks to come, I'm sure. You hear about things like the consumer price index and the, the gross domestic product and employment numbers and yada, yada, yada. But I don't know, for for me... I know if things are good or bad based on how much I'm paying for that loaf of bread, right? When I check out at the grocery store and they say it's 50 bucks and I look down and I only have two bags of groceries, that hurts, right? And I feel like, all right, that's inflation right there, right? Uh, If I'm thinking about buying a car and I see interest rates are at 8% and I go, boy, that's crazy. That seems really, really high. The most obvious sign for me is when I'm driving by the, the 76 station and I see the price of gas and it's going up and it ain't good. We did get some uh, economic numbers that showed inflation went a little faster this last month than they expected, largely because of gas prices. So, joining me right now to discuss exactly what in the hell is going on is Patrick Dehan from uh, Gas Buddy. And Patrick, great to have you on the program. We're uh, you know we're over five dollars again statewide. Uh, according to AAA, the average is five and a half dollars in California. And, uh, this is really starting to hurt people. Every time gas prices go up, we start having people who are in businesses that, you know, that involve transportation and delivery and all these things. And they go, it's killing us. It, it's, it's just crushing us right now. So give me the latest update on what we're seeing, what the numbers are showing and what to expect.
9: Well, what we're seeing right now, as you indicate, gas prices well over the five dollar a gallon mark, and in fact, in some areas, approaching six. The average price right now across LA at about five sixty one a gallon. That's up fourteen cents from a week ago. What's gotten us here? Well, the national average isn't up nearly as much as what we're seeing in the West Coast. A lot of this really tied to refinery issues. In fact, just yesterday, another refinery issue uh, that developed at Chevron's El Segundo refinery and. You know, it's been a, a hard summer for refineries. That is, they've had uh, various outages. We had the, uh, the hurricane that set uh, refineries back. And when there are disruptions, whether it be weather or power-related, uh, refineries can't process as much gasoline. And that, unfortunately, impacts what we're all paying at the pump. And that's been a big factor for the West Coast.
7: You know, it's so frustrating for us because we hear about refinery things. It used to be the, well, the price of oil is so high, and that's why gas prices are high. And then it's like, uh, well, you know, if you take a look in the the price of oil now versus where it was when gas prices were, were you know, gas prices were lower, but oil prices were higher. So why is it higher now? And then it seems to be we're shifting our blame to refinery issues. It is very frustrating for the consumer because we don't really have a, a, a look at any of those different things, right? All we see is what the price is at the pump. What can we, as consumers, do, to sort of uh level pay for ourselves, in other words, uh, look, I don't want to pay five sixty five a gallon um Is there any way that I can play the game, I suppose, so that I'm averaging my dollar cost average on fuel is less
9: and not a whole lot unless you know you become somebody that just stores a vast amount of gasoline, and by the way, it's probably not the greatest idea, given the shelf life of gasoline that's um, you know, it's a hard game to play, and there's a lot of issues that do impact prices. And as you mentioned, there's a lot of different things that can impact prices, and that's why it is a lot more complicated, because one day it can be just the price of oil. The next day it can be a refinery. It can be Saudi Arabia. It can be anything yeah. that really touches on any one of these levels. So it's, I'm sure as a consumer it's maddening to try and be able to keep up with what the quote-unquote latest excuse is. But a lot of the time when we say what's going on, it's it's. You know, these, these things are affecting the market, and gasoline is still very much a just in time delivered commodity. And when you have refineries interrupt how much gasoline they're supplying, it can very quickly lead to outages, as we saw during the Colonial Pipeline uh, outage in the East Coast in 2021. And there's just no margin for error anymore. And a lot of the reason is because, uh, because we've become more reliant on a declining number of refineries. And California is kind of the epicenter of that. No new refineries have been allowed to be built. So, you know, it's a tough landscape to survive when uh, refineries can't be built. Expansions are viewed extremely skeptically. How else are you going to be able to boost the amount of gasoline in the system to bring prices down?
7: Yeah, that's a great question. That's one that the politicians like to bicker over. And, of course, uh, people like to scream about that at the the cafe tables as well. What about the ideas uh, that others have had about bringing fuel in? Is it just not cost-effective to bring fuel in from other states to increase refinery output elsewhere?
9: Well, the only difficulty with that is CARB mandates a specific blend of gasoline in California. So if it's not one (laughs) thing, you know, if it's not a refinery in California, then you have to have your special blend of gasoline, which... You know, it, it, it's not the easiest blend of gasoline to produce. And, again, uh, a lot of this is, is- because geography that is the west coast is isolated from the rest of the country when it comes to infrastructure and so it's very difficult to ship a gallon of gasoline that's produced elsewhere in the country off to the west coast because the rocky mountains basically cut off the flow of gasoline there is a limited ability there are refineries that run from texas to arizona but again the infrastructure just isn't there and that's why this is so difficult and that's why so often california is seemingly on its own when it comes to these high prices is if it's not tax, it's the bureaucracy that requires it's you know own blend of gasoline there's just a lot of red tape that gets in the way
7: patrick dehan with uh, gas buddy as we talk about the gas prices and they're they're starting to really tick people off again i think it's leading to road rage patrick i think uh, those gas prices just put put people on edge they get behind the wheel and they see that and they know that yeah, yeah it, it, it gets frustrating and, and then counterintuitively they tend to drive faster And more aggressively, which burns fuel faster, which uh, never really made a whole lot of sense to me. You talked about blends, Patrick. It seems like every spring uh, we say, well, gas prices are going up because we have to go to the summer blend. And then in the fall, we say, well, gas prices are going up because we have to go to the winter blend. Is there a cheaper blend of, of fuel that we can expect at some point in time?
9: Yeah, there is. The winter blend is actually cheaper, you know, regardless of what misinformation you might hear. There's a lot of different myths about gas. Unfortunately, while the rest of the nation is actually transitioning to that cheaper blend of gasoline this winter, again, re- regulations in California require the use of that, that summer blend for longer. Southern California doesn't make the switch until October 31st on Halloween. So while the rest of the nation is getting access to the cheaper blend, California, because of its temperatures, the ambient temperatures, and because of the amount of vehicles that – are you know burning gasoline the decision is that in california you don't switch until later when air temperatures are cooler when you know uh when uh, pollution numbers are reduced
7: is there uh, is there an expectation that we're going to actually see prices at the pump drop when the winter blend finally comes see i'm i'm so anxious about this i'm looking six weeks ahead now uh, will we actually see that price <laughs> come down at the pump or is that a slow uh, decrease if if there is one at all
9: well, in theory, yes, we should see prices come down. It does vary the the cost difference between this, you know, so-called summer winter blend. Um, it could help push prices down twenty to forty cents a gallon. I know oh. that would only push prices down to the low five dollar range, but there's I a think. lot of other factors that still could, you know, get in the way. Another refinery outage, or if OPEC, Saudi Arabia, and Russia have been waging this war against low oil prices since the summer. And they pushed the price of oil up by twenty five dollars a barrel since early summer because they're producing less.
7: All right, maybe it's just time that we all start walking. What do you think <laughs> about that? Matter?
9: You know that, that that's tough, especially you know, and I, hey, I drive on a daily basis. There's not always a lot of options, and you know that certainly yeah. doesn't seem like a great one. But you save a little bit of money that way.
7: Yeah, maybe we just move everybody closer to work, and we just uh, we just create mega cities <laughs> with no cars. Work from that's home so. for everyone. That's the dystopian hellscape that we're headed toward. All right. Patrick Dehan from Gas Buddy. Patrick, great to catch up with you. Thank you so much for your time, my friend. Thanks for having me. Meanwhile, in California, as Patrick mentioned, one of the things that uh, makes our prices so high, the gas taxes. There's an effort to suspend fuel taxes in California. But what does that mean then for California roads? We'll, we'll ask those questions next. Chris Merrill.
2: heart pplsi does not provide legal representation or advice see a plan for complete terms
3: do you love selena
5: like really love
3: whether you saw her live saw the movie as a kid or saw her looks all over tiktok there's no shortage of reasons to stan the queen of tejano
5: Listen to Rappaport's reality
6: with me, Kibi Rappaport, and me,
5: Michael Rappaport, on the iHeartRadio Radio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcast.
10: You're listening to John and Ken on demand from KFI AM six forty.
7: Joining me right now is a Senator from Huntington Beach, uh, Janet Wynn is here, and Janet, uh, I was just reading a, a one of the, the, the pressers there from the California Senate Republicans. It was talking about the effort that you were behind to to lower gas prices, and we just talked with our rep from Gas Buddy about gas prices being five sixty five, I think, uh, as an average in the LA area. What was the effort that that you were spearheading here to lower the the price of gasoline? What how would that have worked?
11: Well what we did this week because this is our last week of session we ended it last night and so what i did was i actually made an effort to try to suspend to the gas tax by a gallon ball doll, a, a dollar gallon and unfortunately it fell partisan line uh bipartisan vote De- senate democrats says nope we're going to keep the gas tax and the republican um senate says what are you guys thinking we are paying the highest gas tax in the nation. We're looking at over 60 cents per gallon right now. Across the nation, California is paying the highest gas prices, and yet our street and roads are, the, are ranked at the bottom in the nation.
7: Yeah, so Senator, what happened, I mean, that's um, you make a great point. We should be very frustrated, right? We should demand better. Yes. Then the other side of that coin, however, is, I mean, we just approved a gas tax increase in order to try to fix roads. If we were to suspend the gas tax, what what would happen to those roads? Would they get worse or are we going to find money elsewhere?
11: They're not going to get worse, because, right, if you think about it, the state of California last year had a hundred, approximately a hundred billion dollars surplus. We could have used that money to suspend the gas tax last year, when you remember the prices were seven, eight, nine, a gallon, I mean, depending on where you, you live in California. In Orange County, we were peaking at $7 a gallon. We're just asking for a temporary suspension just to help me give some relief to Californians right now. I mean, given, you know, with the outrageous, you know, and high grocery prices, utility bills, housing prices, this inflation itself is just eating every penny that Californians are making, uh, uh, daily. And so we need to help get some relief. My Republican colleagues and I on um, the California Senate caucus, Republican caucus, we have tried for several years now, last couple of years, just to ask for suspension gas tax or at least stop the increase annually. There's so much money that we pay, like I said, we pay the highest gas prices in the nation, but yet we rank at the bottom in the nation for our street and roads. Prepared.
7: Yeah, and it's uh, it's a disgusting uh, statistic. Uh, Senator Janet Wynn from Huntington Beach is joining me. You, you did mention that the surplus, and the part portion of that surplus had to be returned uh, per the Constitution, and that went back, and what we we deemed that as sort of a gas relief check uh, that people were getting. Um, so I, I just want to make that clear, that uh, we couldn't have just simply spent the $100 billion on on the roads. But that surplus is gone now. Uh, because, you know, we had to balance the budget from one year to the next, and you have to return you know, surpluses above a certain amount. It, it, when you say the, the roads can't get any worse, boy, I, I'm always very cautious when somebody tells me it can't get worse, because,
11: whew, uh, we, if, You know, if, if, we, if we do what we, we told the voters, is that, hey, we're going to tax, we're going to increase your gas tax every year annually on July 1st, but we also will tell you what roads we're going to fix and when it's going to be done. It's not getting done. It's it, they're, they're doing bandages all over the places. These potholes, I mean, on average, most people, especially in the Southern California area or in my district, there's so many potholes. We are constantly having to fix our brakes, having to change our tires, our suspensions, you name it. We, if, if, if government wants to tax then tell us what you're doing with our tax dollar and making sure that it is what you promised us and right now absolutely they keep on taxing but yet the roads aren't getting fixed
7: so how come how come the roads aren't getting fixed I mean, what's the hang up there why uh wh- wh- where's where's the breakdown
11: accountability we just i think how you know from our across from our standpoint california has a spending problem we don't have a revenue problem. We have a spending problem. All we, I mean, just this week alone, we're looking, there's going to be a ballot initiative next year. Whether it's March or November, we're waiting to hear. But the initiative will allow local government to add, to go to the voters for new taxes and that to help fix the street and the roads in the city or the county. So I stood on the set of this week and I said, wait a minute, I thought we had a gas tax. To fix the roads and streets, and now you want local government to also tax to fix the roads and streets. So when is it enough
7: is enough? Yeah, I hear you, but I guess as long as the roads are broken, people are going to say, obviously, you know, I, like you said, where's the accountability, and how do we increase that accountability if the money is if the money is being gathered, right? If we're collecting the taxes. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's not being spent or if it's being spent elsewhere where is that accountability i, I feel like you're you're so right senator that uh, that the people should be frustrated and you know you got to pay for suspension repairs on your car because the stuff's not being fixed when it's supposed to be fixed that's why we voted for the increase so how do we fix the accountability issue the the ta- people were happy to pay more taxes they voted for it but where's the accountability how do we fix that
11: and honestly, it's, election has consequences. We on the Senate Republican Caucus have proposed way measures to hold you know, Sacramento more accountable and transparency um, in terms of where the money's been, how much money's been, where it's being spent, and where it's going, and, and how it's being spent. Yet those measures, those bills, every time we propose it, it's always, it dies in partisan mm-hmm. vote lines. And so at the end of the day, we have to hold those senators and those assembly members accountable. And we're asking folks to, if you don't like what you're seeing today, election has consequences. If you want accountability, if you want transparency, we need to make sure that we get those in office that will support accountability and transparency.
7: I'm with you. behind. I'm behind that 100%. Uh, Senator Janet Wynn from Huntington Beach, a pleasure talking with you, Senator, and thank you so thank much you. for thank the hard work. Thank you
11: for having me.
7: Thank you for fighting for Californians. We appreciate you. Uh, we'll continue here in just a few moments. It's the rest of the story, some other crap I didn't get to, including another argument about changing state borders. Oh, I love when these come up. <laughs> it's next. It's Chris Merrill in for John Ken. KFI AM 640. We're live everywhere in your iHeartRadio app.
10: You're listening to John and Ken On Demand from KFI AM 640.
7: It's Chris Maryland for John and Ken, KFI AM 640. And it looks like uh, we've got some people in Oregon that are playing like people in Northern California like to do. And they're saying, we want out. A number of people on the east side of Oregon are claiming Oregon doesn't represent them. Idaho does. And so they've drawn new borders. And they want to, uh, what's the word here, Uh, annex, I suppose, Uh, more than half of the geographical property of Oregon added to Idaho and call it Greater Idaho. And that's because you have uh, political differences and they want to all join Idaho. I love these stories. They never go anywhere because everyone says, I don't like it. And, you know, there was a time that if you didn't, didn't like your politician, you didn't like the politician that got elected, you would say, that's it. I'm moving to Canada. Now it's more like if my politician doesn't win, I'm going to turn us into Canada. It's, you know what? If 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 they send those those people to Portland, I'm moving to Boise. And now they say, well, they sent those people to Portland. I'm bringing Boise to me. Boy, are these Oregonians going to be surprised when they realize that Idaho is now 50% Bay Area expats? Yeah. You think you're getting away from from the loony left? No, no. Loony left already exported. They got there first. Joining me right now is the great Tim Conway hey Jr., now. one of my hey, by, in talk radio. By hey, the bye. way,
10: uh, Chris, one of the uh, uh, emails I get about you is how you spell your last name because people see it two different ways on the internet. Oh,
7: uh, I don't want people following me on the internet. Nobody wants that. That's how do you spell weird. it? Weird. l. Oh, I see. Okay. Yeah, two it R's like the shoes, but it's different.
10: Two R's, two L's, uh, two and Z's, and an I in the middle. Yeah, yeah. M-E-R-R, ill. <laughs> like sickness. All right, that's great, man. All right, Alex Stone is coming on with us today. That guy's great. Yeah. Uh, and I then love uh, Alex, Alex uh, Michaelson's coming on with us. That guy's great. And Billy Ray, that guy's great too.
7: Hey, do you uh, you hang out with Alex Stone? You
10: hang out with the big names. You know, I do you I don't think. Bellio, have we ever met Alex Stone? As I don't even think he's come into. Eric, have you met Alex Stone? I've never met him in person. I'm I've friends never, with him on Facebook, though.
7: I've, I've never met him in person. He used to yeah. rub elbows with all the guys up there in the Bay Area. So, uh, uh before he got into knew, news, they, they all knew Alex. They were all good buddies with Alex. Uh-huh. Alex is a, he's a good friend. I think you should befriend him. All right. If I may, just I want to just set you up know, on a play date.
10: I'll do that. Um, okay. Conan O'Brien says that the late night comics aren't funny anymore. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I don't know what that means. <laughs> I have no it's idea what that means. I yeah. Don't,
7: I don't
10: do it. Anymore. Um yeah. and then uh we'll talk about the strikes. Obviously the auto strike. Yeah. I heard you yesterday talking to the guy from Detroit. Detroit
7: yeah. city. That's a big deal there in Detroit. It's a huge deal. My folks are there in Michigan and uh it's you know, Are you from Michigan? every day. Yeah. Whereabouts? Yeah. Uh sister kissing country up on the the northwest side. It's beautiful. I call it, it's the San Diego of the Midwest. Northwest. It's just beautiful. Yeah, I'm up along lake Michigan is where I came from. No, no, no. That's uh, that's above the bridge. Oh, I see. Okay. In Michigan, they'd call me a troll because I grew up below the bridge.
10: Uh, my mom yeah. grew up in Dearborn, so I spent a lot of time in Detroit growing up. Okay, yeah. No, yeah. I was
7: over in vacation territory, northern Michigan.
10: Oh, I see. Okay. Yeah, yeah. All right. Yeah, with boats and everybody's got a boat and a lake. I got and, a boat. and You do have a boat? Got a boat. And, and is it at? Is it in Michigan? Yeah. Okay. How often
7: do you use it? Uh, whenever I see my folks. Oh, so, right. that's, you you know, know, I spent some time odd. with them in the summer. Yeah, pa- a yeah sailboat, yeah. powerboat. Oh, it's just an old pontoon. We put it in one of the little inland lakes, and then sometimes we go fishing
10: out on the big lake. Oh, that's cool. You know yeah. the the new thing now with the pontoons. The latest one is the tritunes. Have you seen those? Oh yeah, yeah oh yeah. Yeah.
7: Yeah. A, yeah, yeah. Very stable. Yeah, very stable.
10: Not really a masculine name. Like, hey, do you want to take a ride on my tritune? No, eh. sounds like it's something going to get you Weinsteined If you that's to use right. That line. That's yeah. right. That's exactly yeah. right. Um, But anyway, have a great weekend, and uh, I'll tell everybody on the Internet. Two R's, (laughs) two L's, two Z's. (laughs) Thanks,
7: pal. (laughs) Tim Conway Jr. Show is next. (laughs) Love you guys. Looking forward to the next time. I'll see you on Sunday. It's Chris Merrill in for John and Ken, KFI AM 640, live everywhere on your iHeartRadio app.
10: Hey, you've been listening to The John and Ken Show. You can always hear us live on KFI AM 640, 1 p.m. to 4 p.m. every Monday through Friday, and, of course, anytime on demand on the iHeartRadio app.
1: I'm OSAF.